The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2448. It's St. Patrick's Day, and so I thought we'd have a little fun and consider who might be the luckiest characters in various Star Wars live-action storytelling. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvon and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, let's talk about who the luckiest characters might be. And hey, this is all up for debate and argument. So if you have different characters you would like to suggest, then by all means chime in at facebook.com sw7x7 where you see this post, or youtube.com sw7x7, or even at home base for the show at sw7x7.com. I'd love to hear from you. So, the way we're going to set a rule on this is that the character in the particular live-action thing has to be not a main character. And main character meaning, say, top three, top four in the billing of the movie. So, you know, there'll be some that I throw out for consideration that are way far down that list. And there's some that, you know, are kind of close to the top, but, you know... I guess probably one of the best examples of that is who I'm picking for The Phantom Menace, which is Jar Jar Binks. I would say he is the luckiest character in The Phantom Menace, considering what his circumstances were prior to the events of The Phantom Menace and where he ends up as a result. And, you know, sure, uh, Padme and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon get higher billing, obviously, so Jar Jar is, you know, maybe... Sixth or seventh, you know, you gotta throw Mace Windu in there as well, and Emperor Palpatine, well, <laughs> Senator Palpatine at the time. But yeah, I think Jar Jar, for me, qualifies as the luckiest character whose circumstances change in The Phantom Menace. For Attack of the Clones, I'm gonna go with Elon Celsabagno. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce his name, but we probably know him better as Elon Bagano. He is the guy who tried to sell death sticks to Obi-Wan Kenobi in the beginning of the movie, <laughs> Obi-Wan mind tricked him into going home and rethinking his life. Well, apparently he did. And I honestly don't know where the reference is to this to verify it. But on Wikipedia, he apparently did rethink his life and now has a kid. He was seen in an issue of Star Wars Adventures, which is the comic targeted at younger readers. There was an adventure that a young Princess Leia and a young Amalyn Holdo went on on Coruscant and Elon and his kid were apparently seen outside a fortune teller's tent. But, you know, looking at the thing, I have no idea how to know that that's Elon. <laughs> you know, so that must have been said somewhere else that I just haven't been able to track down. But there you go. Apparently he rethought his life and now he has a kid and seems to be in, I don't know, I mean, you're just looking at one panel on comic, but good for him, I guess. Moving on to Revenge of the Sith, I'm gonna say Grogu. Let's go with Grogu, because he was not a major character. He was not even a build character in Revenge of the Sith, but certainly he survived the events 
of Revenge of the Sith. We know he was in the temple and he must have gotten out of the temple before everything went crazy. Or maybe he was stuck in the temple and nobody noticed him because he was so tiny. Maybe he was wee Polly Pocket sized or something like that. I don't know. But he certainly survived and made it to a ripe old age of 50 by the time we actually get to meet him in the Mandalorian. So I'll go with Grogu as a minor, not appearing character who was there when everything bad went down. Moving on to Solo, a Star Wars story, I've got sort of a tie for all intents and purposes. And my nomination for this is the two droid brains inside the Millennium Falcon because Boy oh boy, did they luck out getting L337 uploaded in there. And she actually gave them a name, the Millennium Collective, and helped them sort of realize their own distinct personalities. So V5T, which is the transport droid, and ED4, which is the slicer droid, those two droid brains inside the Millennium Falcon, I would say they're the two luckiest ones out of Solo because they got L3 to join them. Moving on now to Rogue One. I'll say that the whole, you know, billing situation that I've set up for myself in this, Rogue One makes it easy because the entirety of the Rogue One crew, like that, you know, get past them and you can pick anyone else you want. And I'm going to go with Governor Tarkin on this one because... Rogue One ultimately is the culmination of everything that he's been working for. He's been trying to get control of this Death Star project for a long time. And now he has it completely within his grasp. Granted, it's not going to last for much longer, but... From that perspective, he achieves something that he's been after for quite a long time in this movie. For Star Wars, aka A New Hope, I'm going to go with Dr. Evazan and Ponda Baba. And the reason why I'm going to go with them is because A, Obi-Wan could have killed him really easy and he didn't. So that's pretty lucky, number one. And number two, stormtroopers showed up in there not long after that altercation, but the two of them managed to escape without being detected. Now, granted, apparently, Evazon tried to put Pondababa's arm back on, and that didn't work very well at all, and it nearly killed Pondababa in the process, so... Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate to be sure. But the fact that they managed to survive an encounter with Obi-Wan and not get caught by stormtroopers even though they were gravely injured, I'd say that's pretty lucky for them. Then for The Empire Strikes Back, why not? I'll say Wilro Hood. <laughs> and it might have a little something to do with the fact that we have the ice cream maker here on display in the Star Wars 7x7 studio. Finally found a place for it with, you know, everything else around here. All the wonderful stuff that Stacey Lucas, Veggie Art Girl, did for helping to design and create the studio. Oh my gosh, I am <laughs> the luckiest out of all of this, to be honest with you. But Will Rowe Hood, who managed to get his Camtono off of Bespin in the midst of that crazy evacuation... Good for him. Who knows what was actually inside that thing, but that was a fun story in its way in the From a Certain Point of View set of stories in the Empire Strikes Back collection that came out last year. But yeah, let's go with Wilbur Hood for this one, especially since also now, just as a character, my gosh, how the you know, world of Star Wars has adopted him. And if you have not seen a running of the Wilbur Hoods, at a Star Wars celebration, please go 
look on YouTube and find videos of it because it is just amazing how much commitment there is to this character and this idea. For Return of the Jedi, I'm going to go with a particular murderous teddy bear. That would be Poplu. Poplu is the one who steals the speeder bike out front of the back door to the shield generator. So not only does he manage to draw off three of the scout troopers and help make the infiltration a success, but he also manages to escape from three professionally trained scout troopers who know what they're doing flying these speeder bikes around and he had no idea what he was doing. He should have been roasted and yet he managed to escape and also to help the rebels as well. So good on you, Poplu. And last but not least for the Mandalorian, I'm going to go with Miggs Mayfeld. So in the space of one episode in The Believer, he goes from being at the beginning of a 50-year sentence at the Carthon Chopfields to killing the superior officer against whom he holds a grudge for overseeing the deaths of thousands upon thousands of Imperial personnel with Operation Cinder and manages to blow up that mining facility and for his trouble, he is set free. So he's a free man and gets to walk away and potentially start a new life, which I'm sure will be a very scoundrel kind of life. But hey, you know, hope springs eternal. And so there you go. That's my pick for the luckiest characters in Star Wars live action storytelling. And again, if you want to suggest characters that you think are luckier, I'm staying away from, you know, main characters in this, but you know, I'd love to hear what you think. Facebook.com slash SW7X7, YouTube.com slash SW7X7, or home base for the show at SW7X7.com. And that is going to do it for today. I wish you all the luck in the world today as well. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for the show as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.